Hallelujah. In 2016, Brother Joel Holmes invited me to be a speaker at the Arkansas International Camp Meeting. I didn't really know him, and he didn't really know me. And I really only knew a pocketful, a handful of independent apostolic people before that time. And through Brother Joel Holmes, my wife and I have met hundreds of some of the most wonderful, godly, apostolic people in Jesus' name. I never even knew they existed. Some of the relationships that we have formed since then, I am believing will last until Jesus calls us home. Tremendous people. But through all of that, I have had the opportunity and the privilege to get to know Brother Joel Holmes a little bit better. And I have adopted him as a bishop. He's an incredible apostolic leader. He's an incredible apostolic preacher. He is an incredible apostolic Christian. Sister Holmes, we are delighted that you are here also with your husband. We just love you to bits and pieces. And so we are absolutely honored to have Brother Joel Holmes with us here this morning in the voice of the elders. Would you put your hands together under the Lord for the man of God? Love you, Bishop. Come and take your liberty. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Some of the best words you'll ever hear in the Pentecost church. Right? What an honor to get to be here today. I thank the Lord for his mercy and help, and I want to thank all of you for your prayers. I went through quite a bit of time health-wise, and I'm grateful to be standing here today. Amen. This uh, is just an amazing church everything about it uh, it's uh, you know I, I I was with you way back when you rented the auditorium and uh, they got to preaching before me and and I didn't preach that day uh, my wife has already given me instructions don't get everybody shouting where you get out of preaching today but uh, it don't matter what the Holy Ghost wants to do 
You may think I don't really mean that, but I really do. Amen. If I could get you off them pews, we'd just... But whatever the Holy Ghost wants. But anyway, I was so blessed to get acquainted way back then and then uh, to see what God is doing in Spokane, Washington. That's where the devil said you can't do it. And a great man of God and his wife made up their mind, we're going to do it. You know what, Sister Mayo, I would be honored if you'd come up here and sit with your husband today. What a team. Are these not some of the most amazing people? Amen. First lady of this church. Tremendous part of this church. I may need some amens before this is over. Your husband may shut down on me, and I just thought you'd be seated. Amen. Uh, you know, I've preached over in the other building, and I thought, well, can't get no better than that. And then here we are. Brand new facility. Thank God for people that's got a vision. You know, what happens to us a lot of times, we, uh, we get things... I had a preacher one time tell me, he said, all you need is about 200 people. You can live a real comfortable life. I said, Lord, have mercy. Is that one? Hey, I'd go sell real estate. I'd go do something else. That's what I'm trying to find is a real comfortable life. Amen. But you got a man of God here with a vision and a burden. And... Uh, talking about, I don't know, I guess the next time it'll be a stadium. Whatever. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Don't y'all get to shouting too quick. You know, you know what your friends, they want to see you do good, but they don't want to see you do too good. That's what's destroying Pentecost is the spirit of jealousy. Yeah, I'm going to call them out today. <laughs> the very people that are to be encouraging us and say, go, go, go. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, are the very ones that are talking about us. Amen. But we love them. <laughs> Amen. We love them, don't we? Man, I just come to have fun with y'all today. Amen. By the way, turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to the party. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Feels good in here, doesn't it? Yes. Well, glory. Yes, Lord. God. Amen. I appreciate my wife being here, Sister Johnette. What a blessing she's been in my life. And then uh, I've got a saints here today. Well, Pastor Nathan Saints. And I got a bunch of sons in the gospel here today. And uh, 
Why don't y'all stand up? Folks from Arkansas, sons of the gospel, come on. Yeah. I want to tell you something. This church is going to be blessed this weekend by one of my sons in the gospel, Brother Morrison. His wife will be here, and he'll be preaching the Word of God. You're going to be blessed. Well, I regret my son is not able to be here. He's in Lebanon preaching a conference. He sure loves this church and brother and sister Mayo. Who couldn't love them? We love Brother Bass. Amen. What a message I've heard about. <clears throat> Brother Bass preached for me when he was 18 years old. He and his wife just got married. And he was a preacher. A man of God loved this great truth. And then, wow, were we not blessed yesterday, Brother Odom? They need to gather up all those pages, as Brother Booker said, and put it in a book. Amen. And then uh, my dear friend, Brother Booker, last night, what a word from God we heard. Amazing. Amazing. Amen. And I shall never forget, Brother Booker, the friend you've been to me. Amen. Brother Booker will ride the river with you when it really gets rough. Amen. And he persevered through a lot of things. And uh, that's the reason I'm here today, no doubt. Started way back then. When somebody told him to quit bringing home stray cats. <laughs> uh, well, that's what they were calling me, a stray cat. But uh, I found out later he likes cats. <laughs> Extremely blessed today. I thank you, Brother Booker. I tell my son, don't you ever forget what Brother Booker did. Amazing man, amazing family. Thank God for all the Booker brothers. Amen. And then looking forward to hearing Brother Cody Marks tonight preach the word of the Lord. And I will say thank God for Holy Ghost Radio, by the way. Brother and Sister Hoffer, they're a great family. Psalm 78 and the first verse. Now, Brother Booker, I had this printed with me when I left Arkansas. Yeah. So here we go again. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears. You know how to incline your ears? Amen. God, give us ears to hear. To the words of my mouth, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which were heard and known of our fathers have told us. The writer said, we will not, we're not going to hide them from their children. We're going to show to the generations to come three things. We're going to show them how to praise God. We're going to show them how strong he is. 
we're going to show him his wonderful works. Oh, yes, we are. Thank you, Brother Mayo, for giving me this opportunity to sow some seed today. And I trust the Holy Ghost will help us. I've seen a lot of young men, young ladies, and everyone else here sow some seed in you about this great God and what God will do for you. For he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That's what it's all about today. That the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born. God's interested in those that are on the way. Who shall arise and they're going to declare them to their children. The only hope that we've got is a church that keeps perpetuating, keeps investing in the youth. That's the only way. You can't pass this through a book. Somebody's got to tell them. They got to show them. And they got to be the example to them. And this is the purpose of it, that they may set their hope in, everybody say God, and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers a stubborn rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart right oh God help us to set our heart right and then their spirit was not steadfast with God they were just a roller coaster Christian up and down depending on the circumstances of the day is the way they're going to do and the way they're going to have church and the way they're going to love God help us God today and I want to preach that the Holy Ghost to help us is passing down a culture to the next generation passing down a culture would you reach your hands in this direction and would all of us up in the balcony would you join with me? Would you ask God to just move me out of the way? He would be glorified. He would be exalted. I believe you, God. Now reach and put your hand on somebody's shoulder if it's appropriate and standing next to you. Come on, let's just lift up our voices. Let's have a prayer meeting here for just a in a young man's heart, young lady's heart. With a made-up mind, they're going to live for you, God, and they're going to carry this torch on to the next generation. We refuse to let it die, Lord. You can be seated. If you will notice, he said, we're not going to 
drag around and complain and find fault. You know, I've always dreamed of a church to just try to satisfy the Holy Ghost-filled saints. Amen. At, at every pew, there would be a control. You know, you'd have a vent. It'd blow right on you. You'd have the volume control right there with a speaker right in front of you. Amen. Isn't it sad? We can be the most blessed people on earth. And you know what we're going to pass down if we're not careful? Grumpy. Unhappy. No wonder our children backslide. They don't get the pure form of this thing. We let the little grain in our shoe mess us up, beset us. The little things, the little things, the aggravating things become mountains to us. We don't show them the praises of the Lord we complain about. The speakers are too loud. It's too cold. It's too hot. Too much church. I'm going to tell you, you are sure to doom your child. Hey, the preacher can preach it over the pulpit, but I want to tell you, you got a pulpit in that home. You better be preaching it in that home. Help me, Brother Williams. Oh, yes. Show them the praises. Show them how to worship. Show them how to praise God. I've been so blessed. 73 years I've been raised in this kind of culture. Thank God for the culture of this church. Now, you can say what you want to, but cultures are not developed easily. Laziness is always developed easily. Slowfulness is always developed easily. Dragging around is always developed easily. Half-hearted you don't have to do anything to have a culture of half-heartedness. But if you're going to have a culture revival, you see this man standing right over here and a lot of other pastors that are in this church today, this is the reason we're feeling what we're feeling in this local church. I said to Brother Bass the other night, I said, isn't it amazing, you know, you people anoint us along with, of course, God. But you can take the same exact sermon and go to another place and preach it the same way. And the best way I know how to describe that situation, it's like getting it's sitting at the governor's mansion, having lunch with him, and you get a tough piece of meat in your mouth. You can't spit it out, and you can't swallow it. And that's what bad preaching is like. You can't get started. You can't get stopped. You don't know what to do. 
But you know what? There's a culture in this church yes. today. And it's a culture of preaching. That's what really Pentecost is trying to do today. They're trying to change the culture. They're trying to make it something it never was. I mean, how do you think we ended up here? Speakers, proper, saints sitting like statues on pews. That didn't build this church. This is a Holy Ghost church. This is an aisle running church. This is a devil stomping church. Come on. I come to defy the devil today and promote the culture that I found in Pentecost. 73 years ago, I was born in this kind of culture where people were shouting, worshiping, praising, and glorifying God. And I'm not ready to turn it loose today. God's going to have a people. He's going to have a... Hey, hey, we think we're somebody. God ain't worried about us. He can go to the back jungles and find the people that will love him and will worship him. It's our privilege today that we're getting to worship and praise and glory and find, lift up the name of the Lord. Help us, God. Amen. You can be seated. You know, Jesus brought a new culture. He introduced a brand new culture when he came on this earth. That's the reason everywhere he turned, he found rebellion and people opposed to what he was teaching and what he was telling them. They hated him for it. You read that fifth chapter of the book of Matthew and you see the culture of Jesus. You go on to the sixth chapter and you get into the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor, are the humble in spirit. Blessed are those that are mourned, are broken. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. I want to live it right. I'm I'm here with a bunch of Pentecostals today that want to live it right. Hey, y'all sit down just a minute. Don't be one way at home and come to church and act another way. Oh, but I'm the, I'm the dad of this thing. I don't care what you are. You still got to have the Holy Ghost at home. I'm talking about a culture. Hey, I want to tell you something. This principles of this culture will work. 
You know, I started out preaching a long time ago, 19 years old. My dad had that terrible stroke, paralyzed, never took another step on his own. And uh, I started. And you know what? I, I wish today I would have the, back then I'd had the revelation I've got of it today. Because really, pastors, I want to tell you what you're doing. You're building a culture. And the first way to, one of the most important things to build a culture, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus. You got to be the example. Oh, I want to be the leader. No. I want them to do it. No, you do it. And well, hallelujah. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Here's a good one. Blessed are the pure in heart. They're going to see God. Blessed are the troublemakers. No, peacemakers. They shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for, notice this, God gets blamed for a lot of things he didn't do. They got fired and people say, oh, it's because I was Pentecost. No, it's because you was lazy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't have to worry about competition. You'll blow your competition out of the water. They can't stop us. We're unstoppable with God and not being lazy. Oh, I feel it coming on again. Y'all be seated because I want to tell you what to do. I want to illustrate it to you. Can y'all see me all the way over here? Okay, all the way back around. Here's what you got to do. Come on, help me do it. Reach your arm back here, get a hold of you. Come on, y'all not doing it up in the balcony. Come on, get yourself by the nap of the neck. Yep, okay, thank you, brother. Saw another one do it. Have we all got it done together? Are we illustrating together? And then you kind of jerk on it. And you get the flesh up on its toes. And you tell the flesh. It doesn't matter whether you like it or you don't like it. You're going to do the right thing. Loose this church today, God. You know what you do? You get your flesh. Everybody say flesh. Y'all can be seated. You get your flesh. Everybody say flesh. You get it by the nap of the neck and you tell it. Flesh, you're not in the driver's seat. Hey, can I tell you something else about the flesh? You know, it's people running around, oh, if I could just find the will of God, if I could just, what, what is his will? I'll tell you what his will is. About 99% of the time, you'll be on target. Whatever your flesh is screaming, don't do. You just turn around and you start doing it. When it says, don't say you're sorry, Open your mouth, 
say, I am sorry. How many marriages could be fixed today if somebody would have just said, I'm sorry? All right. You got it. You got to take the flesh, y'all. Let me see. You got to take the flesh and you got to put the flesh in the back seat. And you got to put the Holy Ghost in the driver's seat. And you got to make him stay in the back seat because he's always trying to drive from the back seat. You get back there, you stay back there. When it's time to go to church, it don't matter whether I'm tired or whatever. I'm going to church. Hey, when my account looks a little low, it doesn't matter what it looks like. If it's, you know what? Some of the most blessed people I know, they've been tried and tested today. They went through trials and tests, but I can tell you one thing. They would have cut their groceries back to pay their tithes. But I'm, they're not cutting no groceries back today. I can tell you that. Well, hallelujah. Thank God for the stumps that we hit now and then, but it's still right. We're in a culture of a church today that believes the message I'm preaching. That's why it's growing. You, you know, hey, y'all be seated. You know, I got to thinking one day and I, I said, you know, what, what happened in my life? How did this happen? I, I, I said, uh, you know, was it, you know, as the world calls luck? Did I just bump into the right people and they bumped into lots of money and wrote big checks that uh, I've seen God do what he has done? Is that, is that how this happened? Is it just by chance? Was it like by accident? <laughs> you know what? I have watched in my sons in the gospel and adopted sons in the gospel. I've watched them go out and use the same identical principles that was getting that flesh by the nap of the neck and getting up there at that church. And you know what I found out? It wasn't luck. It wasn't a knack. If he could do it in Spokane, Washington, you probably don't know where Pine Bluff, Arkansas is, but he can do it there. I come to tell the devil he's a liar today. He can do it in your city. Hell is talking to you. When he says it's a burned over field and nobody wants it, this is a godless country and place, he's a liar and the truth's not in him. This culture, you take this culture that you see in this church, you apply it to wherever you're at and I promise you, dig your heels in, look the devil in the eyes, and say, all oh, hell is not going to move me. It's not going to shake me. God's going to do a work. I am determined. 
Yes. Yes, God. Come on, let's pray right now together in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't believe a word of it. Man, don't tell me. You can be seated. I, you know, I told you the head stroke and we was on a dangerous side of town was where our church was at. I told them the other night there was an old gentleman going home. He was about 80 years old, walking. We lived, our church was in a neighborhood and he lived about a block two from the church, they knocked him over and they did not just reach and pull his billfold out. They took a knife and cut his billfold out. That's the kind of neighborhood we were in. Dad had a stroke, church burn. You know what it looked like? Of course, I've said it back home a couple times under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I told the church, I said, don't think God can't put a for sale sign in front of this church. You better learn the fear of God. I'm going to tell you, God can shut it down anytime he wants to shut it down. Amen. We, we got a fear of the Lord. Amen. And I've said it a number of times. It's sure been a great time for God to just wipe us right off the map. We was almost off the map. But I had a praying mother. I had a God-fearing, worshiping daddy. I had about 70 people, strong people. I had a, they had a really smart pastor. I knew everything. In fact, I knew so much, I thought if I could run these old people off, I could really have a church. That's just how smart I was. Amen. You know what? They stuck it out with me. They're still with me today, their families. You don't think God can bring you through the fire. The fire's just to purify you. It wouldn't destroy you. The fire wasn't meant to shut you out. The fire was meant to push you on. It's pain is where we gain. I was taking my son to Taekwondo, and they had a sign in there, no pain, no gain. We don't like for God to stretch us. Keep me in my comfort. Let me stay in my recliner. He knows how to push us out of the recliner. Hey, it's not bad. It's all good. He's go you're going to come out with a testimony. 
Testimonies are made through trials. You don't have a testimony until you have a trial. That's the reason today I can stand here and tell you what God will do if you just got the determination of not giving up. You can be seated. I want to tell you the new culture that, that God brought. And it was a culture of love. He said, you have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, did you know churches are built, some of them, on Love, but they put a lot of hate in it too. Now you show me where that scripture's in the Bible. And you know, either one of them is really a motivator. You get hot points. We're against abortion. Yeah, we're against abortion. They're rallying points. But there's nothing more powerful than the rallying point of love. See, <clears throat> the reason we do that, we feel insecure and we're intimidated by our brother. So we gotta hate. We gotta teach. I'm gonna teach these people to hate. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, that's gonna backfire on you too. I'm preaching about a culture that I was raised in. You know, the first time I ever heard Brother Oldham preach, it was on harvest time. I said, wow, who on earth is this man? It sounded so good. My dad, he'd get up on Sunday morning and say, I hope y'all listen to harvest time today. That Brother Urshan preached a message Jesus now, you've got to understand, we were on the other side of the tracks. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. But uh, God bless them. I want to tell you, our weapons work 100% of the time. Their weapons, they're just, it's a hit and miss with them. This weapon I'm preaching about and this culture I'm preaching about, it will produce apostolic revival. <clears throat> hey, Jesus, you're messing everything up. Love your enemies. Well, I thought you were supposed to hate your enemies. No, he said, this is the new culture. Love your enemies. Bless them that get on Instagram and say you're a church thief. You're trying to get everybody's members. Should I say any more? There's none. Pentecost church nowhere in the world that don't have somebody out of somebody else's church in it. But guess who they shoot at? 
shouting, growing, apostolic, loving God, people that love them. Uh, help us, Jesus. I want God to help us with our spirit. Oh, yeah. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do bad to them that now do good. Everybody say good. good. Hey, I'm talking about a new culture. Pentecost needs this culture in it. I'll never forget the phone call I got from Brother, Bar Brother Booker. When a man in our church, Brother Mark Brockington, we were going to pay our church off, and we had it down to about $731,000. And I'm going into Wendy's, and I look at my phone, and I got a text, and it says, you're a very happy pastor today. You have a debt-free church. I immediately called Georgia, and I said, Georgia, has anybody called about the church? Nope. She said, well, Brother Holmes, the bank called and said somebody called up there wanting to know how much it was to pay it off. I just slammed that phone down. I didn't say buy or nothing. I knew it was shouting time. people really that happy? Hey, this is the culture I was raised in. My daddy never taught me to hate. There were people that were against our church. They said all kind of things about us. They wouldn't even let their preachers come preach for us. They shut down revivals and told preachers to leave and they left. But my daddy never taught us to hate. He said, you just love everybody, son. So I want y'all to take a good look at this stray cat. I got picked up along the way. Oh, yes. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Do the right thing. Don't worry about the haters. Don't try to take up for yourself. Let God hate. I preached the other day to the church. Y'all be seated. Now you listen to this. Jesus said, vengeance is whose? Who? Who does it belong to? And you're going to go to fight in your own battles? You're going to fight the church across town? You know what you're doing? You're getting between you and God. If he said that belongs to me, you better stay out of that. Hey, when God takes care of it, you just stand back and you look innocent. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. I just enjoyed life. 
I'm just shouting and dancing. I'm just having Holy Ghost church. See, whoa, whoa. Here's what the devil wants to get all of us. Listen to me. He wants to get you right up on the edge. I've been there. I've had them voices going through my head. You better jump. Looks like a long ways down there. No, you better jump. I'm telling you, you better do it. Something in my spirit, I'd talk to my mother, and mother would say, pray. She told me, she said, son, when you don't know what to do, don't do nothing. Just put the brakes on. It don't work like that. He told somebody else to jump. Do y'all know who it was? Huh? Somebody said it. Same devil. Let me tell you how the will of God will work in your life. God that unfolds the rose will unfold your life. Don't you let him push you in a corner and make it, man, I got to do something drastic. I got to do it now. You look back with deep regret. Look at nature and you can see God, the sun comes up gradual. It goes down. It don't just pop up straight up 12 o'clock. The seasons change gradually. That's the way God's working in your life today. Stay in the culture. Stay with God. I'm still on this now. This is this new culture. You're writing all these new laws for us, Lord. This is the way we're supposed to live it. What does it mean to be a Christian? Everybody say followers. Followers of who? Followers of Christ. Is this not the blueprint? I'm telling you, everybody I've ever got on the blueprint in our church, they prospered and they done well. And the church grows. Oh, I know people can cut your heart out. I, I know what it is to be a pastor and how people are walking it. But you still can't get a bad spirit. You still got to keep shouting and dancing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, I was telling the story a while ago. Brother Booker called me and he said, Brother Holmes, I am so glad that man paid your church off. He said, Brother Holmes, if God can do it for you, he can do it for us. Brother Booker, thank you for allowing me to say something at that church note burning because I got to tell that story. Amen. I'm glad of the culture I was raised in. It was like this. You know, you'd love your enemies. You bless them that cursed you. Do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And listen to what, listen to this. He said that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. 
Listen to it. He maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Farmers side by side. One's cursing God, another's blessing God. God says, I'm going to just let it rain all over all of y'all. And he said, that's what he wants Joel Holmes to be like. You know what you ought to do? You ought to pray, God, give me an opportunity to do good. When you know there's somebody that's said something or done something, God, give me a chance. I want to do something good for him. Open the door. Open the door of opportunity and see if I won't do it, God. Put me to the test. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, I'm grateful. Be forever grateful for the way I was raised. Old-fashioned dad, and this is what my daddy would say. This is his saying. He said, I love everybody, and everybody loves me, and I don't care what they say. You try whipping me. Why don't y'all say it with me? I love everybody. Don't tell no lie now. Everybody loves me. And I don't care what they say. Woo! You're talking about being set free. You're talking about getting liberated. Hallelujah. I got to watch. I don't preach too long here today. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all be seen. Six people were saying preach. <laughs> I'm like my daddy told me. He said, son, you got to learn to read between the lines. I'm still reading between those lines. I do want to tell you about building this culture. And this was the burden of my heart. I really wished I'd had the revelation that I've got today when I started. It was so gradual coming in my life. But once I got a hold of it, I watched God shake the devil out of his place. I watched God set people free. I watched a church take off growing. I watched it happen. When I, you know, you, you need to seek for revelation. You need to beg God, show me. Where am I missing this? What can I do different, God? The blame game, that's a joke. Nobody's worried about who you're going to blame. Wipe your tears and get back up. Get back in the ring. Hit him again. You're going to give him a knockout blow before it's over. Hey, the Holy Ghost sent me here today to preach this message to you. I'm going to tell you, the stuff we got a hold of, it works. 
Thank you, sons. Getting a couple boys, there comes another one. Praise God. And I'm going to go through a few things that's in this culture. And you know where I'm going to start? Do you have any idea where I'm going to start? Yeah, thank you. Everybody shout prayer. Did you know before you can even hear the word of God, you got to start praying. The carnal mind will never receive the things of God. You got to start a prayer life. You got to reach back there and get that flesh when it doesn't want to and say, yeah, it's, you, you're going to pray today, flesh. The best time to pray, of course, is in the morning. But, you know, all of our days get away from us. Sometimes mine takes off before I can even get out of the bed. It's already took off on me. But you know what? It don't matter. If it's, if it's 1130, it's, I'm still in the day. And I'm going to pray. You've got to make a commitment to prayer. Here he is. Here it is again. Jesus. Can you, uh, y'all can be seated. You, can you think about it. Luke 11 and 1, what he said. That he was praying in a certain place. It was the, I, you, you need to find that certain place. I'm a firm believer that uh, the auditorium, now, your pastor did, however, he may be afraid y'all going to get something on this beautiful carpet. <laughs> they pour stuff all over ours. Amen. That's what it was put in there for, right, Brother Mayo, for them to pray. But, you know, the day I, I understood that scripture and I got the revelation of the house of prayer, and I've told the church, the carpet can't pray. The pews can't pray. If anybody's going to pray, we're going to have to come in there and pray. It was a culture. It took us years to get it started. But you got to start somewhere. And it was just a few coming. Oh, I remember how I started. Just thought of it. You know, my daddy, what he would do every time the church got in a draggy spot. Y'all never heard of that up here, but... Anyway, uh, you know, maybe a family, good family moved off, went across town, shooting arrows back at us, making up stories, telling stories. God bless them. Amen. My daddy would start a prayer. He would say, okay, how many have come from one to two, two to three, three to four? Y'all have heard of that? Chain of prayer? Then he'd do the fasting. Y'all have heard of that? Well, one day it was like a revelation hit me because always the church would take back off. And then, you know, everybody kind of quit praying or we'd start 5.30 prayer meetings. I found out Jesus is still up at 10.30. That was a great revelation in my life. I was killing myself. Amen. And we started, and, and, and I got the revelation. It said, wow, if, if, if it does this for a church, what would happen if we never stopped praying? 
What would happen if we never stopped fasting? Hey, I'm talking about principles and a culture that will work. It, hey, no, no. Hey, let me tell you something. My flesh has never just jumped up and down and said, oh, take me to prayer meeting. And it sure has never jumped up and down and said, don't eat today, don't eat today. I'll be so happy if you won't eat. <laughs> no, no. That's not the way it works. Amen. But when you understand the scripture and the importance of prayer, and he was praying in a certain place, he was praying. Think about it. Think about it. I'm, I'm trying to get through. But I want you to think with me. Jesus Christ was praying. And you tell me Joel Holmes don't need to pray? Oh, I'm the pastor. <laughs> I don't need to pray. You need to pray more than anybody. Hey. So let me tell you how it started with me. I had that 5.30 prayer meeting going, and then we had about 30 people coming, meeting me in the mornings. We was praying. And it, about 20 days or so into that, it dwindled down to where there was three or four good brothers. They were trying to bless their heart. They were sleeping, and I was trying to make it sound like a prayer meeting. And I was getting hoarse. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I was mad at them. <laughs> but something got in my spirit. I said, you lazy, sorry devil, you. You think I'm going to quit? I'm going to go back again. I'm going to keep on praying. If nobody in that church prays, I'll pray. Hey. Y'all are such an unusual people and such a happy people. I'll be a little transparent with you today. I read the numbers Tuesday night, the people that had come to prayer meeting the week before, and it was 2,000 and something. They, I'm talking about, it's not estimated. They, they come in to a kiosk and touch it and put their last name in and they tag in to pray. Now, wait, 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 wait. Now, it, it's like in this place. You can't hardly have church. It's going to blow up. Oh, but this is Bible study. Y'all supposed to be quiet and sit down. Do it like that if you want to, but that's not for me. I do Bible study. People are dancing. And if, if they're not dancing, there's something wrong with me. Because there's not, nothing wrong with you. I, I'm the one. I got to get the anointing on me. Y'all forgive me. You may not like this culture, but I do. And this is the way it worked for me. Thank God for the culture of preaching. The culture of preaching the doctrine. Man, is it not strong in this church? Can you feel it? When they start quoting Acts 2.38... The devil's getting run right out of here. Oh, here's a good one. A culture of holiness. 
Hey, whoa, whoa, y'all sit down. You're making me a little nervous. Hey, I just wonder if any of y'all have noticed these ladies up in this choir. Huh? Oh, oh, Brother Holmes, if you're going to build a church, you can't preach holiness. You can't build a church not preaching holiness. The devil just lied to you. Hey. You need to read Destroyed Kingdom's Brother Booker's book. I'm blaming that on you, Brother Booker. Hey, man, I don't want to be in that hot seat. He just put together a book, testimonies. Great. I want to tell you, one of the largest Pentecostal churches when I was 18, 19, 20 years old does not even exist today. The property is gone. It's been... I'm... I'm I didn't say it turned Trinity. I said it does not exist. It was the largest, as far as I know, Pentecostal church in the Pentecostal world. And the pastor stepped in there, and he was getting people to patty cake for Jesus. He's going to really show us how to win the whole city. Because we're going to get a, people some of these that don't know how to shave. You're a mighty weak pastor if you're afraid to tell a man, shave your beard. You can't be in the choir. They're trying to change the cultures, what they're, they're trying to reinvent and come up with another culture besides the one that Jesus Christ established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me get back to this choir. Y'all sit down. Oh, yeah. Did you notice these ladies up here in this choir? You notice these men with good haircuts and not some weird twist? Did you notice where their sleeves were at? In your face, devil. You've lied to Pentecost long enough. <laughs> Somebody said, well, you all can be seen. Said, where do you where do you think this hole has started? It started in, in the garden. They sewed fig leaves together. That's what they're selling at these stores is fig leaves. They've sewed. And Pentecost are wearing them. But when God came down there, he gave them a fur coat. What can you see through a fur coat? Oh, hey, let, let, me, let me tell you. I don't know if y'all noticed this choir or not. Hey, did they have the power of God on them? Have they not blessed us night after night? Woo! It's a culture. Sister Mayo has got started in this choir. Music, singing, godly looking people. See, 
The world wants what we've got. They just don't want to pay the price. They want to feel, they want to have the excitement we're having. Can I tell you the reason people can't shout? They hadn't been delivered. When you get delivered from drugs, alcohol, worried about what the world thinks about you, your beautiful long hair, ladies, when you get delivered from all that, Hey, it's a party like you had never been to. Y'all can sit down. I was real proud of my son the other day. He come, he was having dinner and he'd been to the choir practice. He said, I talked to him tonight, Daddy. I said, Good. He said, I told the ladies, uh, you need to be able to pass the jump test. When you jump, if your clothes don't move. Sounded good. I noticed all these ladies up here, they passed the jump test. That's why we're jumping and shouting and worshiping and praising and glorifying God. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for it, Lord. You know what? Uh, I, I'm just, just about through. But I just want to tell you. I told my son, I said, there's a couple places I'd really invest my money, church money. One of them is a care center. Just something God gave me, and it, it's been unbelievable. People that track people. There's many ways of tracking people. You can, one of the big ways is in their church attendance. Another way you can track them is when they forgot to pay their tithes. Something's going on there. Somebody needs to reach you. Did you know the Bible talks about even our preaching, it's seasoned with grace and love? Hey, I could take a T-bone steak and slap you upside the head. And I'd say, I gave you a T-bone steak. Now, what are you fussing about? <laughs> or it could be cooked just right. A Kenborn steak with a seasoning just right on it. Ah, and hand it to you. Help us, God. Give us wisdom. I pray that prayer so often. I try to every day. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much. God did it. Amen. And largeness of heart, even as the sand that is on the seashore. Do it for me, God. Give me that kind of wisdom. Give me that kind of understanding, God. Help me, God. 
You know what you call it? You call it loving people. It's a culture of people loving people. Hey, this, this, I'm going to tell you something. Tell you how it is. You can walk right up to somebody. They walk right up to you just as nice as they can be, smiling. Come here, young man. Can you smile? Look at him smile. And just something will go through you and say, I don't like that person. You can, and you know, it can be an underlying, you can be seated, underlying reason. It may be, you know, maybe they had on a new jacket or new dress or driving the right brand of car. Come on. There's all kind of silly stuff that people get in their spirit. The reason I, I don't like this brother. I wonder how many people have been destroyed. You didn't know everything you knew the first time you walked into a Pentecost church. But they got slapped in the head with a T-bone steak. You know who wins people? It's a culture of winning people. You know why this church is growing? is because it's got a culture of winning people. Because your pastor and his wife has got that spirit. When, when new people walk in here, they reach their arm around them. Yes. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. When people have fallen, they pick them back up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. When they have fallen over and over, they still pick them back up. You know, hey. You know what? I, you know the reason I don't care center works so good is because that's what I did Sunday afternoon. I knew, man, we only had about 70 people. And I'd, I mean, I'd get, I'd call, I'd be on the phone all Sunday afternoon calling. I'd call backsliders. I'd call people. They had, they had backslid so many times, they had lost count. I didn't even know how many times. But I knew if we could get them there, the church would get around them, they'd pray for them, and the church would get revived, and they'd feel like we were saving the world. So it, and then one day I was praying, y'all can be seated, and, uh, and I, I picked up my phone to call this individual, and something said to me, Oh, you don't need to call him. You've called him in. He's not going to do right. Don't call him. And another voice spoke to me and said, the devil hadn't given up on him. Are you more powerful than the devil or is the devil more powerful than you? I said, you lying devil, you. You better believe I'm going to call him again. I'm going to go after him till I get him. I'm not giving up on nobody. Is it's the enemy after them. Thank God for a great church. 
You know, it, it really, the spirit gets into a church, my four and no more. Man, there's been bloody wars fought over keyboards. There's been people pushed out. This belongs to me. Hey, you know what? Really, this is an amazing place. I mean, they meet you on the parking lot there. Open the door. What are y'all? Isn't it amazing? These ushers and ambassadors and saints. What a... Somebody asked me, Brother Morrison said, Brother Holmes, what do you think a meeting like this cost? $100,000? I said, I guarantee you. Thank you, brother. Probably more than that. Ooh. Thank you for giving to all of us. And then, the, you know why he does it? Because he's got largeness of heart. God will make a way some way. And it, it's, it's loving people. Y'all can be seated. The next thing I've told my son, I said, let me tell you what I would invest in. Uh, I'm looking for somebody to help me. Amen. Are you afraid, hon? Would you be afraid to come up here? I'm a good salesman. Talk to right into it. Don't let no old boy do that to you. Keep an eye on him. Beautiful young lady. Amen. You know what I love? I love a Christian school. Because in a Christian school, you're teaching a culture. And you're telling these beautiful young people, don't leave quite yet. You're telling these beautiful young people and the girls that can battle on young men is, uh, pardon? You helping me? <laughs> You're telling them, honey, don't ever cut your hair. Honey, always wear those beautiful clothes. Don't ever put on pants. You're a Hebrew. They're hearing it five days a week. You're talking about creating a culture. You're creating a culture that they will never get. You know, it's sad, but the Catholics knew this. Oh, yeah. They get them when they're young. They're always the Catholic. We get them when they're young. They're always a Pentecostal. All oh, some of them backslide, but they'll fight for the church. And one day they're coming back because we're still pulling on them. Thank you, hon. Y'all give her a hand clap. Hallelujah. The rest of y'all should have got up here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, stand.
stand to your feet. Clap your hands to the king. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, what about you young people? Come on down around this front, young people. I love you. Burden for you. You're the next generation. Come on. Come on. Come on. 30 down. 35 down. Come on. Come quick to the front. Lord, I want to be what you want me to be. God, make Samson's make great men. In the name of Jesus, we believe you, God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless these young people, God. Come on, parents, why don't you step out from by where you're at and help pray over them today. God, give them the courage, the strength, the backbone, the determination to live for you, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Join up, young people, and pray together. Come on, in the name of the Lord, we believe you. Come on, musicians. Yes, God, we believe you. We believe you. We believe you. Give our backbone. Give them backbone today. Young people, God. Give them determination, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on, pray with somebody. Pray for somebody. In the name of Jesus. 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 We believe you, God. We believe you, God. We believe you, God. Y'all sing anytime you're ready. Go ahead. Anytime. Come on, there's going to be some strong young people come out of this. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, young people. Come on, young people. Come on, young ladies. Come on, give God your everything. Come on, lay everything on the altar. Come on, come on, Lord. I want to be what you want me to be. Oh, yes, God. That's a way to lift up your voices. That's a way to cry out unto the Lord for his help. Lord, let me stay in this culture. Let me stay in this culture. Just to see you. Yes, God. 
Union kann. 